0: Welcome to the audio weblog of the Hackberry House of Chosun. Today, How I Left North Korea. This uh, is a bilingual story. and I'm not going to do the Korean part, but if you like this in writing, I'll tell you how to get that later. You can get Korean and English in the same copy. This is Mr. Nam's testimony. He says, I grew up with six brothers and two sisters. And the rationed food was enough in my childhood because my diligent mother had a side job just to make sure. I never felt a shortage. I traveled the normal route of national training that any children of communists had to go through. Everything was laid out. There were no choices. This was life in North Korea. I never saw anyone else's culture. I never watched television. Radios were only for the rich and I was not in that category. So I never listened to network news, but I did hear propaganda daily emanating from strategically placed public speakers. As all of my fellows, for the first 10 to 15 years of my life, I never heard the name of Jesus. Well, not exactly. There was this information in my Korean language textbook. Pictures and texts showed an American missionary capturing a poor innocent child who merely wanted to get an apple from the orchard. This monster tied the child on some wood and placed a label on his forehead reading Thief. Now, because of the constant brainwashing, the goal of my life was somehow to help Kim Il sung and the party prosper. After my own service in the military at age 27, I entered the party, a prerequisite to any type of career advancement. A company hired me immediately. Then came party promotions and Life was proceeding according to plan. In the late 80s, North Korean society began to decline. Nationwide, rations were down and or delayed for up to two weeks. My own family status gave me less delay, but not more rations. There were still lots of talk and lots of propaganda, but less and less food. By the beginning of the 90s, things were even worse. Soon, both of my parents had died within a year of each other because of starvation. There were few institutes or companies that could obtain extra grains, but no space could be allotted for individual farming. Why allow companies but not farmers? Why the need for such control when people are starving and dying? Why can't people be independent and take care of themselves? What terrible injustice, I reasoned. I wrote a letter to the ruling party, the very seat of authority. Why can't individuals have extra land for private gardens, I asked. And there was no reply. Not by letter. Instead, a party member visited and asked me why I wrote this letter. You're a lowly officer in the Labour Party? How dare you write a letter to Kim Jong-il to disturb? They cut my job. As a member of the party, I was worthy of a warning, even two before more drastic measures were taken, that they skipped the first letter and wrote me the serious second warning, a severe statement of what would be coming if I did not sing the party song loud and clear. I thought that I could not survive in this society. The military upbringing, the extreme loyalty, the plans for my own career, all gone. My future is not here, I thought. I can't develop, improve, progress. That was the moment of decision. Sending my wife and son off to my family's house with no explanation, a more merciful action than it appears on the surface, I escaped. It was the mid-90s, that horrific epic in Korean history, when two to three million died of starvation. Dead bodies on the streets every day. The government was in denial. It became illegal to suggest to the visiting medical attendant that the person in question had died of hunger. That would be considered a criticism of the government. Doctors were to report that such and such person died of a particular disease. That's why North Korean figures regarding the starve of those years would be hugely less than the known facts. I lived by the East Sea, set out across the country, south to north, at the Yalu River. That part of the trip took five days. When I arrived at the crossing point, I noted that there were no trees or grass on the North Korea side. This was by design. The guards there could see quite well anything that was going on. Constantly, spotlights scanned the area, making it impossible for anything standing to move undetected. I crossed into China by crawling and slithering across the bank and the river between rocks. My first stop on the other side at the first town I encountered was a place where large fields of ginseng flourished. For the first month I worked in those fields. Though free, it was an awful time of adjustment with little ability to communicate, not knowing Chinese. These, there were at least some Korean Chinese workers, as there are all up and down that border area. The other problem was the constant surveillance of the Chinese police. They tried their best to sniff out refugees, hoping to gain the reward obtained for nabbing one and sending him back. There were frequent raids. I had to move to another city in the southwest. There I worked for three months. but still too many raids, too much fear. Next I began visiting Korean embassies and consulates in Chinese cities. I was slightly refused at the first one. They didn't even want to see me. There were just so many North Koreans coming over that there was no way they could process them all. In a major Chinese city further south, 1997, I was able actually to get news. Not so many defectors made it this far. The traffic flow being light, the door was open. I set up an appointment and signed the asylum papers. And the papers were approved. I was held there. The idea was that a political situation set up by then-president of South Korea, Kim Yung san involving the building of a harbor in China, would eventually get a lot of defectors sent into South Korea. And so for quite some time, the embassy tried to protect me, and many others, by setting aside housing and so forth. But slowly the money dried up. Things were looking bleak. I went in to ask, what can we do? No good answers. By the time I went again, the Kim Dae-jung government had taken over South Korea. The new government proved to be unfriendly to North Korean defectors. It was the new Kim's idea that the South and the North should have a good relationship with each other. And that precluded automatically any stealing of citizens from the King of the North. By this policy, President Kim blocked the entry of refugees into his land. Further, he changed all the ambassadors and consuls in China and the Third Countries. The persons in charge of the S.A. How can we take care of you? Provide your room and board. You're on your own. So I went back to the last city where I lived. I worked in a harbor, Then I began to interact with South Korean vendors coming into China. But still the raids come, and they knew I was a North Korean. There'd be no peace there. I simply couldn't stay in China. There were no jobs, no places to live. My decision? I'd do whatever it took, even give my life to attempt to get to South Korea. I headed to far western China, finally leaving that country for Thailand, using a well-traveled route of North Korean defectors. It was a well-traveled route, but not without constant danger. At the Mekong River, I almost drowned in the severe current. As soon as I was in Thailand, my heart was relieved. I saw my face in a mirror looking like a skeleton. I simply didn't recognize myself. In fact, I hadn't even seen myself for 20 days. There were not many mirrors up in the mountains where I slept night after night, surviving on raw corn, bananas, and whatever else I could find. But survive I did, and I'm here in South Korea, and for that I praise God. I've become a believer. I'm on God's path that leads to life. For me, that pathway began when I first crossed over into China. And I'm happy to have a chance to associate with the underground university course of study. When I first started that training, I didn't consider myself to have been even born again. But through those studies, I now want to be a gospel light which will be turned on in North Korea. Amen. Well, um, I believe his wish is going to be granted, don't you? And thank you for supporting him, Mr. Nam, with your intercession. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like a written copy of that, and that would be in English and Korean, just go to my home page here, Sermon Audio. From the main page, just type in Chosun or Hackberry at the top where it says Find. Click on the link that comes up, and then click on Weblog. You'll find this article entitled How I Left North Korea. It's in Part 1 and Part 2. Also on the page, you'll be able to access all my written and audio Bible teachings, information, a lot of it about North Korea. Please pray with me that God would have his way in this land of Chosun, but also in our lives, too, as we contemplate what it is that God wants us to do, whether there or wherever. God bless you today.